Hi, thanks for listening to Extreme Encounter Ministries podcast. We pray that you are blessed and challenged through this time and through this teaching. God bless you, and thanks again for listening. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We talked about this. We touched on it a little bit a couple weeks ago, I believe, about how in 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says this, that we are stewards of the mysteries of God, that we are stewards, remember that, of the mysteries. How many of you were here for that? A steward is this, it's, it exercises the power, this is what we are, stewards of the mysteries, we're going to talk about this, exercises the power, it exercises the, respons- uh, the resources, the responsibilities given with the interest and mindset of the owner at heart and in focus. In the Greek, it is defined as an overseer. So we are stewards of the mysteries of God. And as we read through scriptures, especially through the New Testament, um, it speaks of several different um, mysteries that I believe Paul is saying that we're stewards over. There's one that stands out, though, and we talked about this in the greatness of of importance, and it's revealed to us by the Apostle Paul, and it contain, contains the details of God's great redemptive plan. Thank God for His plan to redeem us. Thank God for the rescue of the Lord. How many of you have been rescued? <laughs> Isn't it good that, that God's not afraid to get in the pits that we dig and bring us out and set our feet on sure, solid ground? Um, so it speaks about the mystery. So what exactly was the mystery or what is that mystery? And I know we talked about this, but if you weren't here, pertaining to us as believers that Paul says that we are stewards ovary. Ovary. Did I really say that? <laughs> oh, dear Lord in heaven. Thank you for coming. If you could just bow your heads. Wouldn't it be nice if I had like a little elevator here that I could escape? (laughs) Wow. All the visitors go, yep, this sealed it for us. (laughs) So what exactly, whoo, is my face red, was the mystery (laughs) that God said that there would be a Messiah to save his people was no mystery, right? That was very clear that God, God came with a redemptive plan and the Messiah would come. Neither was it a mystery that the Gentiles would be saved. Some people talk about that as being the mystery. Isaiah 42.6 speaks of that everyone. See, it's a whosoever will gospel. That's why when we look at the gifts of God or the things that God has for the body, it, they are whosoever will gifts. If you want it, you can have it. Because you've got the fullness of God and God is the God of the gifts and you've got the fullness of God inside of you so you can tap into those gifts. It's a whosoever will gospel, folks. So that's no mystery. What was the great mystery? What was hidden in the secret counsels of God Almighty is this, that an entirely brand new creation made up of diverse, yes, lively, yes, peculiar, right? Peculiar people made up of this diversity, um, made up of, of this assortment of people possessing incredible spiritual riches, that's what it says in Ephesians 3, would come into existence. 
the mystery that Paul speaks of. This new creation is described as a living, organic union, which is amazing with the resurrected and glorified Lord Jesus. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the bride of Christ, or it's known as the church. This was God's plan. He says, I've given you stewardship over this mystery. It's it's throughout scripture. Someone said that 150 times it's mentioned in Christ or through Christ. And that's such an important thing. And I know we talked about this so many times, but I, you have to get this because I think sometimes when it comes to God and the work of God, and I'm guilty of this myself, is that we look at it from the outside. God, come and do something. God, do something about my situation. Do something about the attack of the enemy in my life. God, do something. And don't think for a minute that God doesn't want to do something. But understand this, God did something. Everything that could be done concerning the devil or the enemy in your life was taken care of when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. And so now you and I have been given all authority. We've been, been counted as worthy of being stewards of this goodness. Christ in you, in Christ We are wholly identified now with the Lord Jesus. Let's look at that. Colossians chapter 1. Is everybody okay? Verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings, reading from the New King James, because we are a New King James only church, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a minister according to, here's that word, the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, here it is, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Stop this, because you will consider yourself disqualified unless you understand that you are a saint. Why are you a saint? See, we would view that we are saints or we are pure or we are holy because of many times, because we've, we say this so many times, we have crossed our T's and we've dotted our I's and everything is in order in our lives. And so we, we don't necessarily view ourselves as worthy to be this qualified to be stewards of all this goodness. You've got to understand that you are a saint because of the cross. Because of what Jesus did, that magnificent substitution that took place. Scripture tells us that Jesus became my sin, and in turn, I have become his righteousness. The exchange is amazing that the, the reason that it's important to know, and I know that this is debated, but I challenge you to study and to, to, to look at this in Scripture yourself. I challenge you not to just take stuff that comes out of my mouth. I challenge you not that you don't do that, but this has got to be your own. This has got to be your own. And I would rather you doubt for a minute and wrestle with it until it becomes your own than you just take everything that someone tells you. 
Wrestle with it. Bring your doubt. Look at the amazing God that we have. Thomas came as a doubter. He said, I don't get it. God, Jesus was not miffed. He was not mad. He came with this doubt. And Jesus' response to Thomas was, look, I'm going to prove it to you. So bring your doubt and wrestle with it. Wrestle with it until it's yours and you own it because it's so concrete when this is my faith, this is my journey, this is my passion, this is my God. I'm going to own this thing. So there, is, there are those times, I didn't mean to go there, of wrestling. But you are a saint because of what Jesus did. And Jesus became, that's what I was saying, your sin so that you could become his righteousness. It's important to note that because a lot of times it's viewed as, and again, this is debated. That's where I was going. Study this. Find this out for yourself. He didn't just take my sin, which would be huge. But it says, Scripture says that he became my sin. That's important because that's the stuff that's defined me. And so Jesus became what defined you so that in turn you could become what defined him which is righteousness, which is why he says, okay, now go back to the scripture, revealed to his saints. Say, I'm a saint. You don't have to say this, but you can if you want. They might as well erect a statue because I'm a saint. (laughs) Okay, thank you. That's awesome. I love these guys. All the way from Huntington, bringing their love. You're a saint. Because of what Jesus did. This is so important because you won't get the rest of this. Because then it goes on to verse 27. To them. To whom? To the saints. God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. He's entrusted you with this. God has been just yearning for you to understand that you're a saint. Understand that you've become one with him because he's got a mystery that he wants to reveal to you. That in turn, you will reveal to the lost and dying world. God, that's good news. He's a good God. He's a good God. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Ah, God, that's good. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. It's not Christ and you. It's Christ in you. You can do it because it's Christ in you. You can do it because of the oneness. You can do it because of the exchange. You are qualified. Why else would scripture tell us, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? It doesn't say lay hands on them, plead and beg, dear God, please do something. No, you have that inside of you because all of God is in you. What kind of stuff keeps me up at night? The fullness of the creator of the universe. No, he doesn't just move his foot in. You know, it's all of God. It's just, wow. Woo! That's good news. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning men and, and, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man. Oh, this is a struggle. That we may present 
every man, what's it say? You read it. What? It's, it's, it's because the reason that we don't think perfect is because we're looking through our eyes. When Jesus looks at you, he sees his son, therefore he sees perfection. So when people come to Christ, we present them as perfect. Present, when you present, you don't present to nothing. Who do you present to? To God. That's what it's speaking of. He's, they're presented as perfect because of the cross. A perfect work of the cross. You are not a mistake. You are so on purpose. His rescue in your life is so on purpose. He didn't, he didn't rescue us so that we could go to the beach and collect shells. Go collect shells, but come back and release his kingdom. There's nothing wrong with vacation, but he didn't, he didn't create you or come live inside of you so that you could retire and have a white picket fence. The fullness of God is not inside of you so that you can have your pocket filled with riches. Does he want you to prop... Prosper absolutely, but more importantly, that your soul would prosper. The fullness of God inside of me. Striving according to the, the working which is at work in me. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you, Paul continues to write this. And those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, being knit together in love, that's what he wants to do with us. And attaining to all the riches of the full assurance. Say fully assured. Fully assured of understanding to the knowledge of the, there's that word, of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Thanks for coming. Good to see you. All of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, all of it is hidden in him. That's so good. It's about the love, and he says that he, being knit together in love, when it stops being about the love of God, the grace of God, it stops being the good news. It's the good news, folks. It's the good news that God is not mad at you. And in this redemptive plan of the cross and the re- redemptive plan of this great exchange so that he could take everything that defined you, that kept you from him, take it upon himself on the cross. That's why Paul could say something that is, just blows my mind, that I am crucified with Christ. This was after the crucifixion took place. Paul understood the oneness. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. And then he goes on to say that if, I'm, if, I'm, if I, then I've died with him, then I'm buried with him. And if I'm buried with him, then I'm raised with him. And I'm obviously paraphrasing. What amazing union. Through this, through this plan of union now that Jesus, this Christ in me, now it's like, now my spirit cries out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. God, that's good news. Really, what God wants for you is to be wrapped up in, in his love and not the cares of this world. Uh, 
Everything, folks, listen, should flow from this revelation that, that God loves you, God has purposed you, and everything else should be secondary. That the love of God is, I believe that the, the Holy Spirit, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, this is what I feel in my heart so strongly today as a pastor. Now, do I miss it? Absolutely. I believe with all of my heart, this, the Holy Spirit's desire today is to manifest, to make real to his people the heart of the Father and the love of the Father. I believe that with all of my heart. It's, it's, he's desiring to reveal the heart of the Father, reveal the heart of the Father, reveal the heart of the Father. I, I try, I will tell you this, I'll be completely honest, there's times that I try to divert from, I'm just being honest, from this message, and Holy Spirit always brings me back to His love and always brings me back to His grace, always brings me back to purpose, always brings me back to identity because I understand, Holy Spirit understands that if there's any area that the devil can get a hold of you, because he's been dealt with, the only authority that he has is what we give him. That's it, period. There's no authority whatsoever in a believer's life. There's no door he can go through except an open one that you open. And so he's been dealt with. The enemy has, has, has been dealt with. What was I saying? I lost my thought. What's that? God's heart. Thank you. The heart of the Father revealed to you that God wants to reveal His love for you, wants to reveal His love and make that love manifested in His body. And the way that He does that is through His body. It's through me and it's through you, right? The love of the Father, the heart of the Father, God's heart for us. Identity is so huge. That's where I was going. Identity is so huge. It's, it's, it's the area that the devil, if he's going to get us or, or get us to be, you know, he can't even get us, really. Do you know what he, he just gets us distracted? It's a barking dog. Anyone have a barking dog ever distract you? You know, in the country, you, you, you wake up by a rooster. At my house, I, I wake up almost every morning by yippy dogs. Literally almost every morning. I love my neighbors. I love them. I love them. Bless them. I do. I love them. But those dogs every morning, almost every morning, like clockwork, yippy, yip, 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 like, ah. That's, that's the only authority, but you know what silences that is you knowing your identity, knowing and being sure in who you are in Christ, knowing this exchange, let this become concrete in your hearts, the exchange has taken place, I am now good enough, I am now qualified, what Jesus did enables me to do what he did. You've got to get this. It's the very first thing. When Jesus was led by the Spirit, I might add, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, the first temptation was, if you are the Son of God, it was against his identity, it will be against yours, which is why you've got to know who you are, folks. You've got to know who you are. You've got to be solid in this understanding who you are. And Discovering God's will. How many of you need to know God's will for your life for tomorrow? You're like, tomorrow? I need to know right now. Here's the deal. The, the key to understanding God's will begins with this, identity and surrender. Identity and surrender. I know who I am in you, so I surrender. I just give it. God, I just give it. Boy, that's not easy, is it? Has anyone mastered just giving the stuff to God? Anyone in here? I, so we're all together, right? God, I give it. I, I surrender to you. I give it. I give it. I let go. And you, you stand firm in, in who you are. You stand firm in the work of the cross. A lot of times, the mentality, I'm wrapping up here. 
in a believer's life is that we're just, excuse me, we're waiting for what God has in store for us for tomorrow. What God has in store for tomorrow, and we miss out on what God has for us right now. Because if our focus is to be on the eternal, right? What's, what's eternal? What lasts, right? We focus on, that's not eternal, that's temporal. No, we focus on what's eternal. If we focus on what's eternal, the only thing that's eternal is now. <laughs> Yesterday's not eternal. It's gone. Tomorrow's not eternal until it becomes now. Do you understand? We are living in what's eternal right now. Think about that for a minute. So our focus on, is on right now, that, that right now, God, right now I understand your plan for my life. God, right now I understand that you created me with purpose. It's not about waiting. Well, I'll have peace someday. No more pain someday. No more torment someday. No more tears someday. Well, unless I'm reading this wrong, his objective is on earth as it is in heaven. What produces on earth as it is in heaven? Stewards of the mystery. You are releasers of heaven on earth. You are releasers of heaven on earth. You are releasers of the fullness of God, of the wholeness of God, of the life of God. If you encounter anyone that needs hope, you are a releaser of that hope. Because it's in you, folks. It's in you. It's the exchange. That's who you are. That's your identity. That's why this is so important that you know this. Because we're living in a day and a time where I believe Holy Spirit is quickening this to his body. And that's why you're seeing people that are just getting saved receiving um, um, rapid revelation. Rapid revelation of identity. They're, they're rapidly moving forth in their destiny and in their calling because God is so trying to get this on earth as it is in heaven. And he's not wringing his hands and he's not concerned and he's not worried. He just wants his body to get this, to understand what we have become stewards of, of his life and of his goodness. You don't have to wait for peace. You get to have peace now. You get to have freedom from shame now. You get to have freedom from shame now. Yeah. Anyone got shame in their life from yesterday? You ever do something? Yo. You get to have freedom from shame now. Scripture says that you will forget the shame of your youth because of what Jesus did. Freedom from shame now. Freedom from oppression now. Freedom from oppression now. Freedom from oppression now. Okay, I'll be obedient to that. There, there's, here's the deal. There's, there's some, I understand this. Let me tell you where I'm at as a pastor. Am I always right? Absolutely not, but I'm going to tell you where I'm at. I think that sometimes there's a need to take medicine. I do. I think genuinely God gives doctors wisdom. But I also think that a lot of times today we're over-medicated. We're over-medicated. And, and, and Holy Spirit just stopped me. It's freedom from oppression. I feel like that we cover up that thing that we need freed from with stuff. And so we don't recognize the need for freedom anymore because we've covered it up. And I feel like we're over-medicated. And I feel like God can set you free. And you don't have to be on medicine. And I recognize sometimes there's a need for it. Hear the balance. I'm not saying don't take your medicine anymore. But I'm saying that we are in an over-medicated um, generation in society, that we medicate everything. And God has freedom for you now from it. 
God has life abundantly now for you. God has healing for your physical bodies now. And if it is a question if it's God's will, I don't understand that. It's God's will. Jesus, everywhere that Jesus went, it says, they even asked him if it be your will, and he would say, it is my will. And it says, everywhere he went, he healed the sick. Can you imagine a, a, a crippled or sick person, and Jesus going, no, it's not my desire for you, and just walking away? It's always God's will for wholeness. Now listen, he does it his way, and that's, that's not an excuse or a scapegoat for when things don't happen. Well, it's God's... No, it is always God's way. His ways are higher than our ways. But wholeness now, and we're seeing that being manifested within the body. And I believe that the, the reason that healing is being, even in this, this house, being manifested in physical bodies is I think there's nothing wrong with practicing. Because it's intended for out there. And I think there's nothing wrong with practicing. You become good at something that you practice. So grab your brother or your sister that's sick and say, let me pray for you so you can practice. God doesn't mind us practicing. So we can have that now. That's yours now. We've been given stewardship over this. Healing of our minds. Healing of your minds. I'm, I'm moving here. You can have healing in your mind, regardless of what genetically you've always done. Do you notice how usually different types of anxiety are, quote-unquote, in the family? Do you notice how, like, a lot of times grandma worries, and then mom worries, and then the daughter? It's like, well, I just, like my mom, I worried. It's known as genetic determinism. It's in your genes, so you're going to do it. But when you understand that we have become brand new because of the cross, we've become regenerated. Scripture calls it regenerated. We've become new. So you can have healing in your minds. That's good news. Today. Hope and joy today. Hope is not this. This is viewed as hope because we've been disappointed so many times. You know how you do that? Inhale, I hope. Mm, knock on plexiglass. <laughs> That's not hope. That's false hope. In fact, it's motivated by fear. God doesn't operate in fear. Hope is this, that there is an expected end and it's good because God is good. <laughs> you can have hope now. He desires for you to have hope now. A prosperous future. I'm wrapping up, I promise. Don't settle for the lies concerning yourself. You are saints. You've been given stewardship of these mysteries. Don't settle for the lies because you limit God by limiting yourself. You limit the move of God, the work of God, Holy Spirit moving by limiting yourself, by viewing yourself as disqualified. By viewing yourself as being not good enough. Or they can do that, but I never could do that. You have immediately disqualified from the truth. And you're living and you're agreeing with a lie. Because you can do it. I'm not going to, well, you know, I won't. Okay. He caught me quickly. Sometimes later I go, oh, that, you were telling me not to do that. Think big. You can go. You can go where no one has gone. 
We pray the Holy Spirit has ministered to your heart. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our ministry, visit us at extremeencounter.org.